Dear listener, welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Samuel Davies. In this episode, Vicky Luck speaks with Nick Byrne from GivePanel about Facebook fundraising. Vicky and Nick talk about the pros and cons of Facebook fundraising and explore some of the very interesting success stories. It's a very interesting topic, Facebook fundraising. I didn't know very much about it, so I'm sure you'll enjoy it, whether you're working for a charity looking to develop Facebook fundraising or just someone like many of us on Facebook interested in how you can support your favourite charities. So sit back and have a listen to Nick Byrne and Vicky Luck speaking about Facebook fundraising. be really great actually just to kick things off with a little bit more about you uh yeah so i created a product called gift panel which helps charities with their facebook fundraising but before that i guess i'm kind of a digital fundraising consultant i got started in the music industry i was like helping launch bands (laughs) and uh you know you might have heard of like muse back in the day yeah i mean there's loads of names that you wouldn't have heard of that never made it but i was essentially like building launching bands building fan bases behind behind bands Mm -hmm. and then i kind of fell out of love with the music industry I went and applied for a job at Christian Aid and I wasn't I wasn't a Christian at the time and um there's a kind of funny story there but my wife interviewed me um yeah and so that was my first job in charities like back into that that was back in 2005 right and so that's how I got started like I bought my kind of experience from the music industry which at the time was like MySpace. so this is like I've been doing digital since like the 90s so okay um so yeah so got back in got I got into it in early days so you know, I was there at Christian Aid and um, uh, in 2000, at the end of 2004, there was that tsunami, the Asian yes. tsunami. And what happened was it was on Boxing Day and people like that's a giving time of end of mm-hmm. year. We all know is a giving time of year anyway. Right. Yeah. And so the tsunami happens. But but no one, no one's in the charities. No one's there manning the phones. Mm-hmm. The only real way that people could give was like online. And so, you know, basically people's compassion happened on that Boxing Day. And we like Christian Aid, just our donation forms just lit up. It was just like ridiculous the amount of people that were giving and, and donating and it really put digital on the map mm-hmm. for us. And I was kind of the only digital fundraiser there, right? <laughs> I was doing everything. In fact, they, this is like, they didn't call it digital back then. It was like online. And so that was, that's how I got started really. I was like managing all, all the digital marketing on that stuff. And um, that Christmas we launched a, an e-commerce website called Present Aid, wow. which is kind of like Oxfam Unwrapped. We were doing it at the same mm-hmm. time. And like that, that Christmas, like the revenue target I think I remember was like £10,000 to hit like through this e-commerce website. And we did over a million that Christmas. We did over a million pounds. Fantastic. Um, I mean, it just proves to show the ease of offering digital, really. Back at, back in the time, maybe when it was still emerging as quite a mainstream way to give. Yeah, I mean, like, Krishna didn't really understand. Like, it was very early days and we hadn't seen any um, transact like financial transactions mm-hmm. coming through until really that Christmas and, and the tsunami. Right. was when that really kicked off and suddenly I think the whole sector maybe who went around don't realize that digital was really like that was the real turning point that was the real bit there it went up another level and it was fun to be part of that you know we have some great charities doing some great work at digital I mean obviously there are some like like if you're in a very very small organization like I would argue that digital probably even shouldn't be like like it's not going to be massively high up on your agenda right probably because you're going to be getting funds from other sources and things like that I think sometimes we do ourselves a little bit of disservice it's like you know big big analog organizations who aren't charities 
charities struggle with digital too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes it's because we're like, there are some very, very big organizations who are kind of come from that analog background and it's going to take a generation to leap to digital. And then sometimes it's because, yeah, an organization is small and digital might not be the focus right now, which is okay, right? Mm -hmm. it, it takes a lot of kind of effort to launch digital properly effort and resource I, I would imagine take it's a big investment it is a big investment if you want to do it well I mean obviously there are ways you can do it more cost effectively but one of the big things is you need people right to help you Absolutely. and um, those people are quite hard to find who want to work like if you're if you want to work in digital right now you don't probably think I want to go and work for a charity or you want to go and work for Google or Facebook or something like that or make a startup or something like that right so 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 that's why like maybe we find it hard to attract the talent sometimes the talent and the skills I think it's breaking the perception that social media is just sending out a tweet here and there and seeing the donors coming in there is a certain skill certain strategy perhaps that goes into it that makes it a successful um some organizations yeah like anything else right absolutely mm. for whatever area of fundraising or you know charity or, or any business you work in there's going to be mm. this um yeah absolutely it's certainly not sending out yeah sending out a tweet or whatever you said <laughs> do they like do people think it is that i think perhaps where there is slightly less resource there's always the maybe the aspiration and the hope that perhaps a few posts will generate better profile better engagement but yeah, it's certainly not always I, the case i totally I, understand that i think it's just one of those yeah. um spray and pray approaches yeah i think we have this kind of weird thing like no one questions this but i say this all the time to like our clients it's like you know there's no rule that says you have to be on every platform and and we found great success in focusing clients on specific platforms like mm -hmm. like to leverage it because you know if you try and be everywhere you're kind of nowhere you're not really specializing or mastering anything and not every platform is equal you know that kind of spray and pray idea yeah it's not it's not our strategy <laughs> Um, talk through a bit more actually um, Facebook fundraising obviously it's not for everyone or is it um, so you can do lots of th different things on Facebook even with fundraising there's so many different ways that you fundraise you know you can do advertising that drives to your donation forms you can use Facebook's fundraising tools but I think if you look at it as a platform you know it's certainly the kind of the biggest platform uh, the easy and it's certainly the easiest to crack mm -hmm. from a fundraising perspective it's kind of like why would you move on to other more difficult platforms before you'd kind of gone to Facebook which tends to have the best reach and maybe the best, typically like the best audience selection for us as well as organization, charity organizations. So like it's, the, it's like the starting point, I would say. really get started on Facebook? Well, I mean, these charitable giving tools that like are, have been very important and I can like give you a bit more kind of background if you want mm. about them. But essentially what they allow is any charity to take in donations and uh, allow people to fundraise on their behalf any charity to do that within Facebook. So that's that's very, a very, very simple way mm -hmm. of starting to, to do digital fundraising and Facebook fundraising is just turn on the tools, right? Just get them turned on. I would say that's like one of the top priorities is just, you know, get the tools switched on because then you're, you've got essentially a suite of tools that by the way are 0% as well. So they don't charge charities anything for the tools. So it's important as charities that we recognize like if they're giving us something for free, like what Facebook get out of it obviously is they get data, right? So they're capturing a lot of data when people donate, they're capturing a lot of data when people fundraise they're capturing a lot of information about people when they use their platform uh they're a, you know they're an advertising model to sell advertising the more data you have the better you're going to be able to sell advertising and so that's their model and so they give us these tools for free and what they get out of it is all of this data and then it's our job to use these tools and leverage these tools so that we get as charities we get something out of it new supporters new data 
new income from it. The usage goes both ways. And what's the profile of those generally, or, or is there none, in terms of who donates via Facebook? That's a really good question. Like, I haven't seen any specific evidence of it, but I don't think it would be much different to like who donates overall, right? There's 2 billion people on Facebook. 44 million of people in the UK are on Facebook, which is very similar to the amount of people who are online in mm -hmm. the UK. There are people, obviously, who don't have a Facebook account. And there are people who don't look at Facebook every day. Uh, but generally speaking, like every audience segment is very highly represented. So women over the age of 45 or something, you know, it would have a huge amount of that segment in there. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? So, so whatever kind of audience that you have, you can target them on Facebook pretty much other, other than like un youngsters. Do you have any success stories or stats to back up the value of fundraising on social media? The Facebook giving tools, it's like, for me, it's the first time I've seen like a fundraising platform, like a donation tool and a fundraising tool, like natively inside social media. I'm not sure people get like what a fundamental game changer it is to have a fundraising, a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising tool and a donation tool natively inside a, a social network. The, the reason that that is absolutely key is because Facebook has this social graph, right? We're all connected to each other and they know all the connections. And so let, let's say we were friends. If you donated, I'd get a notification saying, hey, you donated and or you set up a fundraiser. And so we see that Facebook raises more. The conversion rate is higher and also the amount that people raise is higher, generally speaking, than other platforms because of that native social graph. You know, they've raised over $2 billion so far. They just announced that. Uh, for charities. Over what time period is that? Facebook launched their tools back in 2013. It's kept going and going. So it took a while to get to 1 billion and then it's gone from 1 billion to 2 billion very quickly. So it's growing, growing very, very fast. Um, and is that from individuals actually setting up pages via Facebook and fundraising? Or is that a combination of individuals and organizations? It's mostly individuals. So the biggest thing that's happened on the platform is birthday fundraising. So 1 billion out of that 2 billion, half of the, all, all the money that Facebook has, has helped charities raise is through birthday fundraising. So it's a massive part of it. And on GivePanel, that's one of the things we help with is capitalize on the opportunity of birthday fundraising and helping charities like leverage this because so many organizations have received so many birthday fundraisers. It's very hard to manage all of those people. So we work with a, a small, uh, you know, they were small before they started fundraising on Facebook. Like they got 16,000 fundraisers in the first eight months, 1.3 million pounds. So the Facebook fundraising tools, one of the biggest challenges is around data. Because we live in the kind of the post Cambridge Analytica kind of era and GDPR, yeah. And what happens when someone donates on Facebook or sets up on a fundraise, uh, a fundraiser on Facebook, you don't automatically get all the data for that person to be able to thank them. Mm -hmm. So you don't get all the contact details from your fundraisers and your donors like you would do on your own donation forms. And so that presents a massive challenge to organizations who want to just acknowledge and thank their fundraisers and keep in touch with them and those kind of things. And so what GivePanel does is it, it helps organizations maximize the existing data that Facebook gives them and then also enrich that data on top so that they can kind of thank fundraisers and engage those fundraisers on a long-term basis. And actually, you just mentioned some impressive numbers in terms of donor acquisition as well. And I suppose that's a, a really good point to make, that Facebook fundraising isn't just about the immediate fundraising. It's actually getting your profile out there as part of a possible donor acquisition program. Yeah, I mean, we call it supporter acquisition, I guess, because mm -hmm. so many of these people haven't just donated. They've kind of donated, they've fundraised for, for the organization. But absolutely, like... 
that's kind of how we see it is it's a supporter acquisition opportunity. So if you have people starting fundraisers for you on Facebook, that's a great chance to engage them further in your work on a long-term basis. And, and for me, this is the key where charities need to kind of, charities need help in getting the donors and fundraisers kind of off the Facebook experience and into their own multi-channel kind of experience. Do you know what I mean? Like Facebook, the way that Facebook look at it, I guess, is like they're Facebook. So they're thinking everything happens on Facebook. But if you work for a charity, you know your supporters have... There's a you know, stewardship program behind that yeah, as well. Yeah. So for the long-term like, relationship. Yeah, they're like, you're holistic, right? You don't just exist mm. on Facebook. We want to get, we want to help organizations get real relationships with these people. Because the big thing about birthday fundraisers, which has been the biggest success is our studies show that, that most of them are new to the organization, right? These aren't people who are already supporting the organization. They're very new. And so there's, there's a massive opportunity here that a lot of charities are kind of perhaps missing. And, and, and that's why we built GivePanel. I'm doing a session at IFC Holland with Jill from Mental Health Ireland. And um, I'm not sure actually, I'm, I'm not sure if I've got sign off to give, give their success, but I can kind of talk about it in a roundabout way. But essentially they, they've done a really good job of kind of getting to grips with their Facebook data engaging their fundraisers and getting contact details for a very large percentage of supporters that come from Facebook fundraising. And they do that through a value exchange. So they do that by saying to, thank you to the fundraisers, but also asking the fundraisers, hey, would you, you know, we'd like to give you a gift to say thank you. Give us your details. And that way they can kind of get the, get the data, get the, op, the GDPR opt-in and kind of engage from that. And they've, they've recruited hundreds, if not thousands of supporters that way. And we have, you know, we work with other organizations like um, Breast Cancer Care, Breast Cancer Now, who thank all of their Facebook fundraisers. And we're working with an animal charity at the moment. This week, we recruited 40% of their Facebook fundraisers. You know, it's not, we're never going to be able to get 100% of the data from Facebook fundraising, unfortunately. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that charities have to ignore the potential of getting, you know, a large percentage of the data, 50% or, or plus, right? As an organization or charity setting up Facebook fundraiser, does it tend to be more effective as a general ask or if it's part of a wider campaign? I mean, what, what have you seen that really work? Uh, one example is from UNICEF. They did a great campaign uh, around Black Friday. They did this kind of anti-Black Friday kind of Yemen appeal. Um, it was quite clever and it was a fundraiser on Facebook and it went viral and they did some really clever things behind the scenes to like invite more people to that. And they raised, I think, 1.6 million US dollars doing that. So that was a very Incredible. successful. And so that was kind of like hacking into popular culture, something yeah. that was going on that everyone knew. And you, even though we all probably, well, not all of us, but a large percentage of us might grab something on Amazon or something on Black Friday, right? Like to see that messaging, it's like, don't forget about the people in Yemen on this day. I mm-hmm. thought it was very, very clever and it did tie into a cultural event. Another success is we, we, we worked with an organization in Norway. They use GivePanel. And interestingly, nearly 50% of all this organization's income is now from Facebook fundraising, which is amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, so nearly half all of their in- income as an organization comes from Facebook fundraising. I don't know how stable the income is. It's not kind of regular giving, but they, they know how to leverage the tools to ask people to give and they know they've cracked that. And so they can do appeals time and time again. And, and they, every time they do a new fundraiser, it raises more income. That's going up for now. And the way that they do it actually is this CEO of this charity, she's a, she's kind of almost a celebrity figure now because of the, the, what she does. And so she actually does, rather than doing it as an organization, creating a fundraiser, she actually creates it under her own name, her own personal name. 
and she raises tens of thousands of pounds and she posts you know pictures from the field when she goes and visits the work that they do and things like that and it's very authentic and it's done as a person fundraising but the person is the ceo of the organization it's quite a clever model absolutely and, that, so and that's a very successful way of doing it yeah. yeah, it humanizes it. It's in, it's not kind of corporate and marketing led. It's 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 very authentic. There's only so much organic engagement that you can expect. So how can charities really amp up their following and also the giving? Yeah, I mean, it, it has become a kind of pay-to-play model. Um, it has been, you know, the organic reach, as you said, has been declining. It's not a new thing. It's been declining since 2012. So, you know, you need to budget it. I mean, if, you, if you've got time, I can explain, like, just the three-point strategy that we use. Oh, um, Yeah, so, so, so we think about it, like, people talk about this idea of a funnel. And all that means is that there are lots of people who don't know you yet as an organization. There's a few, a few less than that that know you. And then there's a few less than that that really know you and like you and trust you. And so you've got this concept of like a funnel shape where you've got lots of people at the top who are far away from you and a small amount of people who are at the bottom who are really close to your organization. And so it's kind of like a triangle funnel shape. And so so the top of the funnel is lots of lots of people on Facebook who don't know you yet. Yeah. And you're, the, the thing to do with them is to send them very engaging kind of brand content and boost that content and kind of just just get them watching videos, get them click, you know, get them seeing images of what you're doing, you know, storytelling. And then in the middle of the funnel, what you want to do is people, you can target then those people that have engaged from the top of the funnel. They've engaged with your content, they've watched a video, they've clicked on your page. You ask them to do something non-financial. You come up right. with a non-financial ask where they can actually do something to help your organization or do something with you that is just like non-financial. And then the ones that do that is the bottom of the funnel. They're very close to your organization. They're ready to donate. They just haven't been asked. And that's where you have more kind of fundraising content with stronger calls to action that, you know, people don't share that stuff, right? People don't share. If you have a very strong call to donate in a very graphic piece of fundraising content, people don't share that stuff. Mm -hmm. They don't engage with it. They just give. You can't build an audience with that stuff, but there are those people at the bottom of the funnel that are ready to give. You just need to ask them in the right way. For the middle, you said um, something about there being an ask, but not a financial ask. What sort of things have worked quite well? We see things like, we call them hand raisers. So some organizations have things like petitions. So we do a lot of work with Greenpeace, for example, and they'll have petitions, right? Where they can literally say, you know, we want to change this specific law please sign up to help us do that. But you can create a softer version of petition, which we call a hand raiser, which really is just about like joining the movement, join us, add your voice, that kind of thing. You just got to find something that people can either disagree or agree with. And that is kind of quite a sensitive topic. It's quite a, a you know, a controversial topic so that you can, you know, so that you can kind of, they really, they really feel like they want to actually do something about it. So for example, you might see Save the Children, they, they, they say something like, we believe child marriage is wrong. Add your voice, add your name to this, right? It's a non-financial action. You're not adding any money. You're just saying, yeah, I agree. This is wrong. I want to sign up to this campaign. How likely are people to share it if they do They're engage with it? Yeah, they're very likely to share those kind of actions that are non-financial about something that they're passionate about. Very, so, so for example, with Greenpeace, like, you know, if you take any climate change campaign right now, right? Yeah. It's very, very, very popular and people will share it. But if Greenpeace asked me for five pounds a month, guess what? I'm not sharing that ad. So, so different types of content get shared. And generally what we see is content that works great for getting donations in is exactly the opposite to the content that is great for engagement and shares. This is of content are doing very, two very different things. In general, are you seeing a change in how people are responding 
to fundraising or social media? Um, only an increase in it, only an increase in people actually transacting. Okay. So when we first started out on Facebook, so obviously I've been tracking Facebook since like it first came out back in mm. 2006, seven um, in the UK. Uh, and um, it was never a transactional platform. It wasn't considered good for fundraising until really the last three, three or four years. And, you know, we, I, I've done a lot of work in, in the past for international development organizations. You know, when an emergency happens, you know which platforms are actually producing uh, donations because it's an urgent ask and digital works brilliantly for emergencies because you're getting the income straight away. It's just, it's just very well twinned with, with emergencies digital. And when Facebook started to really work for emergency fundraising and really bring in the income, that's when it, we started realizing, hey, this is actually, Facebook is becoming more and more an e-commerce platform. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing that with Instagram too. You're seeing these platforms on mobile now becoming very transactional, whereas people before, four years ago, much less people actually bought something through these channels or were shopping through these channels or donating through these channels. And we're just seeing that increase and increase as payment systems get easier, as behavior changes. They're becoming very, very good for taking in uh, donations. And so possibly seeing, a bit more seeing, mainstream as well. Totally, yeah. You know, we all dual screen and things like that. You know, something comes up on the news and then you're, you're, you're donating in that way. You're on Facebook at the same time you're watching TV, that kind of thing. So integration with digital and TV advertising, things like that. Um, yeah. We're, we're, like I would say it's becoming more more part of our behavior, but perhaps what is becoming what's coming along with that is also people just doing it more in a less committed way. Okay, so it's more one-off so, donations. So I would say so. I would say it's more it's less committed. I would also say the average value is less. So they're more kind of the donations aren't quite the same value as they used to be. You know, when we were getting most of our income through desktop donation forms, the average value was much higher than people doing Facebook donate. Okay. <laughs> quite, quite a massive mile. So we've seen the average value kind of drop as the, as it's become more responsive. It's so easy to tap that donate button on Facebook now. Facebook did a study with um, an animal charity that found that the Facebook donate was 13 times higher conversion rate than their own donation forms. 13 times. So that's like 1,300%. That's a huge like increase in conversion because it's so easy. You don't to leave Facebook, it's two taps. Um, that bit is very good, but because of that, it's kind of reactionary and they're not having to wade through you know, your donation form, right? So anyone that used to give through your desktop donation form five years ago and wade through all that information was an amazing supporter because they went through all that pain barrier. Now, perhaps the supporters are maybe less committed that are coming through, but there's more of them. mentioned Instagram just now do you think that's on the rise as well in terms of giving yeah so uh, the Facebook have now released in in US and Europe the Facebook the Instagram donation sticker it works through your Facebook fundraising tools so it's just Facebook fundraising tools but available through Instagram we haven't seen it taken off in a huge way yet so we're still monitoring that um, we get to see with all of our clients on give panel we get to see you know, some of the trends coming through from Facebook fundraising. We're certainly seeing some, some donations come through from Instagram, but perhaps we were like before we had Instagram donation sticker, we were hoping for. So it's still ways to be seen. This is on the, we have US clients and UK clients, so we can see both. It's not been like birthday fundraising where it's just been absolutely massive. We're still waiting maybe for, you know, an application of Instagram donate to kind of get into something where people can really do it. Like, you know, the thing about birthday fundraisers is there were fundraisers before birthday fundraisers, but when they did the birthday fundraising bit, what they did was they notified everyone who had a birthday on Facebook two weeks before their birthday to set up a fundraiser. And so that's what really drove people is Facebook did the equivalent of spending millions on advertising by putting that notification 
location on Facebook. And so charities didn't have to spend money on that. It was just like Facebook doing the work for them. Facebook was essentially promoting their fundraisers for them. Whereas that hasn't Instagram. happened in Instagram. But it might do. They might find some way of hacking in. And this is kind of my big message to people is like, you have to be in it to win it. The charities who had turned on the Facebook fundraising tools before birthday fundraising came on were the ones that made the most income when birthday fundraising kicked off. Okay. So you have to, with digital, you have to be in it to win it. You don't know what's coming next. Something massive might be coming next on Instagram. But if you haven't turned the tools on, guess mm. what? You're going to miss out. there a particular reason why you think it's just not necessarily been picked up yeah i don't know i mean certainly every different platform has its own different kind of ecosystem and culture right mm. they're like different they're like different countries they have different cultures and so instagram works brilliantly for things like fashion and food and those kind of visual things um twitter works better for kind of corporates who don't have so much of the visual content um, and so it depends on the corporate but the thing about twitter i mean twitter doesn't have a fundraising platform so the instagram donation sticker is pretty hidden and it's not it's just the first foray of donate into into instagram so i'd like to it'd be very interesting if and when twitter releases a fundraising platform you know we, we can't wait for another platform to really release something so we can build it into gift panel yeah and there's just something so instant about Twitter as well, and that shareability. But oh, actually, yeah, and the whole hashtag thing really doesn't exist so much in Facebook, right? The hashtag mm. thing, you can do it. But it doesn't, it's not part of the culture of the platform. Imagine, like, on Twitter, if someone started a fundraiser, like, some of the big ones we've seen in the US on Facebook, are, like, against Donald Trump's been doing mm. um, with, with some of his policies. And so... I don't want to get political, but you know, that's just some of the reality that a lot of the fundraisers have been like, as soon as Donald Trump does something crazy, there's a fundraiser about it, right? That raises a lot of money. And, but just imagine that on Twitter, like that would just be huge, right? <laughs> political motivated fundraisers would be absolutely massive. Like you said earlier, you know, it's a dual screen attitude. What's on the news is what we'll be looking at on Twitter and yeah, you know, so hitting might, that donate button. Yeah. And so guess what? Like fundraisers, event fundraising has become very popular on Facebook. And that's because on Facebook, I'm connected to all my friends. But corporate fundraising hasn't, you can, corporates can fundraise for charities on Facebook. It hasn't been huge. Whereas like on Twitter, perhaps the corporate thing, like you said, you know, perhaps corporate fundraisers on Twitter will be massive in the future. Who, If Twitter released fundraising tools, like if I was a charity, I'd be on it straight away because you don't know how you, how big it's going to be or what, what innovation is going to happen. There are still organizations who haven't turned on the tools and who are missing out on birthday fundraising right now. They're missing out on, some of them are missing out on millions. And, and so, you know, there's risks for turning it on without doubt. There's compliance and due diligence and all those sort of things. There's also risks for not turning it on, <laughs> you know, missing out on that kind of income is is a risk um we actually have a question from one of our listeners so alice got in touch thank you very much for sending your question in she asks what results have you seen from the donate button on instagram stories and there's a great case study actually on uh maybe we can put a link to it in the post from um the social media team at wwf in the uk they're kind of on the cutting edge of us using it uh it's kind of quite campaign driven um it, like i said i think i mentioned before it's like we haven't seen maybe the take up of it yet that we expected but i think that's because it's it's just some functionality it hasn't been applied to something so for example fundraisers didn't really take off massively until they were applied to the idea of birthdays so we're kind of missing that idea so far for, for instagram donation stickers is my view wait and see so it's um, missing a hook in a way really to catch yeah, that's a perfect way of saying it like for me it's missing the hook so you kind of have to make your own hook 
And that's what WWF did. And I think um, that's the social media team put some, some numbers on there. We're actually going to, I think, be writing about that on the Give Panel blog as well. So hopefully we'll get some numbers from them. But it's not been absolutely massive and certainly would not be my focus right now as an organization. I'd be focusing on how to leverage uh, more the fundraisers and, and Facebook donate as well. Okay. And, and trying to manage that data and getting the data from that, you know, because you want to be in it to win it, but also you don't want to be ahead of the curve, right? You want to kind of ride the wave. For new organizations coming forward and wanting to try it out, what would you say would be the best testing methods before they really go all out to invest in it? When it comes to the, you know, posting on social, let's say, and advertising on Facebook, it's, it's a pay to play game. It's not a pay to play game for the fundraising tools. You know, when you turn on the fundraising tools, because uh, Facebook are doing a lot of the promotion for you, it's actually you don't have to pay to play, right? It just happens. For years in digital consulting, I, like we had this thing that I'd tell clients, I'd say, don't build your website and then expect people to come and donate, right? Like build it and they will not come, right? <laughs> You've got to do something then, with it. Yeah, and then, but then suddenly like these charities are turned on Facebook giving tools and without doing anything, all this, all this income comes in. So, so actually the, the giving tools aren't pay to play. That's what's so special about them. You, you just turn them on and then Facebook are doing a lot of the work for you because they're promoting your charity a lot on the platform. If I wrote a post about donation or something, it would actually prompt me to set up a fundraiser. It's, it's really quite clever what they're doing. If I talk about the London Marathon, they, they'll prompt me to set up a fundraiser. If I talk about okay. Giving Tuesday, I probably get prompted to set up a fundraiser. So, so it's reactive it's, it's, to all these buzzwords, really. It, there's, there is that tool in there. And then, then there's also that birthday notification tool and things. So, you know, Facebook are doing a lot of the, a lot of the work for you on the Facebook fundraising tool side of it. It's not a pay to play flat platform on that side of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to clear that up, but I, now I forget your question. Sorry. I think it was about testing really. So for any new organizations before they sort of invest too much in Facebook, how can they test the sort of things that would be the strongest for them in order to attract yeah, and gain donations? Do you know what I think is a really simple hack for a small organization? If I was an organization, I'd be posting on my Facebook page and I'd be waiting to see which posts got some quite good engagement, which ones got some comments and some likes and things like that, above average posts. I would then add the Facebook donate button to them. I'd boost them. I'd put some money behind them you know, 20 pounds, it depends on your budget, 20 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds. And then that's gonna, it's already got what we call social proof. So it's already got comments and likes. So it's already kind of worthy of further interest. And then what you're doing is you're adding the donate button. And if you add the Facebook donate button, it kind of, it doesn't look like you're asking for money. It looks like kind of something that Facebook put there. I would boost that to see if it gets donations. And I keep doing that until you find a post that really gets a lot of donations. And then I'd keep putting some more money behind it. I imagine it's actually very different for different causes in terms of what works but and what doesn't. Very different. What I would say for most causes is go straight to the heart of the stories of the people that you're helping. You've got to check out Humans of New York. So it's called Honey, H-O-N-Y, Humans of New York. His name is Brandon Stanton. He's a photographer. He has more social media followers than the entire of UNICEF's, all the UNICEF's countries put together. <laughs> he's, he's massive. He's got like millions and millions of followers. How he started is he simply went around New York and took a profile picture of someone, told their story in their own voice in a couple of paragraphs. And what you find out is just everyone's super interesting, right? If you have a curious mind and Brand is really good at that kind of storytelling. And I just think adopting that model is a great model. I've just been working with uh, Mukawagi Foundation to do this. And they're just taking, they deal with women who have been like raped and abused in war. Mm -hmm. And 
it's an amazing organization and they take pictures of these very strong women and they tell their story and they're just incredible Facebook posts. And so it's just kind of whether you're helping, you know, dogs, cats, humans, children, you know, children are humans. I know that, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like tell this, tell their stories, tell the impact that you've had just first person like that. And I think sometimes we let everything get in the way of those stories. Sometimes things that Facebook posts and social media posts are affected by what happens in the first 10 minutes of when you launch that post. If a couple of people like it, it does starts to do much better in the algorithms and things. Mm -hmm. So see which ones organically have the best traction and then support those with more budget and adding the donate button. And I think that's a great, sim really simple, great strategy that almost every organization can do. It's just quite a natural way of testing where you're at and where your potential supporters are at with your messaging as well, I suppose. Facebook really lends itself as a platform to those stories, to those Massively, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, it's so natively part of that culture. Because guess what? You look at my posts. My posts are all about my children and people and first-person kind of stories, really. So there you go, dear listener. That was Nick Byrne speaking with Vicky Luck about Facebook fundraising. And a big thank you from all of us here at Charity Chat to you, Nick, for giving up your time and your uh, sharing your wisdom and knowledge on Facebook fundraising. It's very, very interesting. I certainly learnt a lot. I'm sure our dear listeners did as well. And Nick spoke about the reaction that people had to the tsunami back on uh, Boxing Day 2004 and how fundraising, digital fundraising, works so well for many charities even though they didn't have staff in and that's one real benefit I guess of, uh, of online fundraising that you don't need someone at the end of the phone there and then. Nick also explained how Facebook gives a suite of free fundraising tools to charities and in return for that they do get data and I guess this is one of the areas that charities will be thinking about uh, in terms of data protection and also you know, having seen the news and the last kind of couple of years or so about uh, Cambridge Analytica, and uh, and obviously we're all we should all be hot on making sure that people's data is protected, including our own. But that being said, as Nick said, there are about two billion people using Facebook, and uh, so there's an awful lot of people who may or may not be interested in a charity's message and indeed helping a charity. So it sounds like a really good opportunity to me. Nick gave a lot of good tips about engaging content, non-financial calls to action, and then building a wider audience of supporters using that, and then going to them separately with financial asks to support the cause and the beneficiaries. Have you had experience of using Facebook to donate to charities? Maybe you've donated to charities using Facebook, and it'd be interesting to hear from you if you have. What kind of journey did you then go on? Did the charity get in touch with you? And, uh, and how did they develop um, your knowledge of the charity and your commitment to it? Or are you working for a charity and are currently looking at maybe dipping your toe in the water, looking at Facebook donates and Facebook fundraising? So please do let us know either way. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show as well. You can find us and get in touch with us through our website, charitychat.org.uk, or email info at charitychat.org.uk. It's relevant that we're talking about social media because we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. So please do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. It's just left for me to thank you, dear listener. You give us a purpose. Without you, there'd be no one listening to this show and we wouldn't be doing it. 
So thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy it. And please do get in touch with us. More and more people are through our channels, and we love to hear from you. So it's just left for me to thank our sponsors, Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit, Magda Axmit for the beautiful website design. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. Also, RR Yard Photography for the lovely pro bono images they've provided us with for the website. And Forest of Fools, who have been playing throughout the show and are playing us out right now. That's it from me. Speak to you soon. Cheerio. Bye-bye.